part of our topics that we are talking about right now, uh, we're looking at different things with mental health. And one of the other things that we realized we probably have a lot of experience talking with people about and also maybe engaging in ourselves is mental health. And it comes to uh, physical ailments, illnesses, chronic illnesses, things like that, and how mental health affects or vice versa. And so, yeah, I guess where do, where do we want to go with this? This is big. Taylor's our resident invalid. What would you like to say about that? Chronic as a general rule of thumb means uh, six months or longer. Good point. I think too, one of the things that, uh, that I, my brain first goes to in this topic is, is we can talk about how mental health can cause somatic complaints meaning the body holds trauma we've talked about that this um if i understand correctly i want to make sure we're on the same page this is about people who are experiencing chronic mental medical issues and that is contributing to additional or even exacerbating mental health issues or creating mental health issues because of the medical issues right right yeah and so you know, I don't know if it's worth having a chicken or an age egg conversation here, but it's important to understand that people with mental health do struggle with a higher level of medical issues. We call those uh, often somatic symptoms. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then vice versa, people with chronic medical issues, they have a lot going on with their mental health. So um, people who experience uh, sudden diagnoses diagnoses that's not a diagnoses word. diagnoses um it's can over. they have to adjust to that it's a major life adjustment and we've seen a lot of that whether it be um even just recently in the last couple of years like we've we've heard of what's called long covid and other things like that that have become more chronic not more chronic um more prevalent i mean we could make the episode five minutes i mean just being aware of like this doesn't have to be a long one no well i was just saying like for for those listening like chronic issues deal with mental health mental health deal with chronic issues done right this isn't necessarily a chicken and the egg scenario um we'll know which one caused which by which happened first in a person's life um, However, sometimes we aren't aware which happened. Which first. one? Like, I mean, we were just talking about trauma, especially in kids and things like that. Especially if like kids aren't aware of the trauma. And I mean, okay, let's look at something that's like I don't want to say small, but chronic chronic bedwetting. Okay, um, is not a chronic health issue in the same sense of um, you know having I don't know immune system issues, things like that, right? But a lot of the times, things that have happened when a child was much younger um, brings about this kind of uh, behavior, right? And you don't know often that that is the case, right? And so something like that, sometimes you are not aware what happened. So with Taylor, what he's saying of like, it just depends on which one happened first. That's where mental health and healthcare providers look into the history of the individual and say, okay, which one happened first to really help um, explain the things that happened after. I think ACE scores are huge. Now we talked about adverse childhood experiences mm-hmm. before. If you have a score of four or higher, we talked about 
yep. there are uh, health outcomes that come up later in life. Mm-hmm. Um, something that happens uh, for men, particularly white men in the United States, um, in the Western world as well. Uh, if you have a heart attack, uh, we see that you always have depression afterwards. Um, it's such a, a change for men, particularly that uh, you begin to have, uh, it affects your mental health drastically. Uh, when you get a cancer diagnosis, it affects uh, your mental health, that your life has changed so drastically. And not just that your life has changed so drastically, but that uh, the pain that you're going through, uh, not just uh, the cancer pain, but the the pain and the physical illness due to the treatment, uh, the chronic nausea, uh, the uh, loss of appetite and things like that cause um, uh, depression, uh, causes um, oftentimes anxiety or panic attacks. Uh, we see with chronic pain conditions, um, chronic suicidality, that uh, the pain just doesn't stop. And so the brain knows that that's, um, or is tempted by that being an out. Mm-hmm. Um, so we see all of these mental health issues tied to very specific medical issues. Yeah. I think too, I know I've worked with clients who have had um, at some point been diagnosed with insulin dependent diabetes that that medical issue I've seen have pretty significant mental health um, impacts. I've seen issues around um, strokes. You talked about heart attacks. Strokes tend to uh, have a pretty big impact and it changes, especially if there's extensive physical therapy needed afterwards, it can change. Depression is very common for strokes uh, and often not talked about with strokes is anxiety because it comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And any kind of physical injury can cause, you know, even just the idea of recovery. You talked about, Taylor, how it only has to be six months. So a lot of people, you'll see things with chronic pain, right? So as people get older and they suddenly have um, joint issues or chronic pain, the other thing that you'll see is they can't participate in things they used to really enjoy. And that limited mobility or that limited interaction or the disengagement from hobbies and stuff like that um, affects us mentally and physically. Yeah. Uh, And um, people tend to not do empathy well around chronic medical issues because the idea of never feeling well is just hard to wrap your mind around. Uh, The idea of something always being the case. I am part of an online group for other broken people (laughs) and uh, uh, this person shared their experience with their doctor saying that uh, well your life wouldn't be different if you didn't have pain and that is just such a stupid thing to say (laughs) Mm -hmm. wait what did the doctor say Uh, their pain specialist said that your life wouldn't be different if you weren't in pain (laughs) the idea of like the pain isn't making a big difference in your life kind of thing so and what a good what a good awareness that medical doctors are not mental health professionals. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, because what that he's really saying <laughs> as a pain specialist is I can't treat your mental health. I can only treat your pain. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really important 
as you're talking about this lack of empathy is that a lot of times people struggle with empathy because what they really want is to be able to have influence and control over the situation. And if we don't have influence and control, there's grief or there's anxiety. You talked a little bit about that, Taylor, and those kinds of things that you have to face and that makes us uncomfortable. And so other people's chronic issues can make their caregivers and loved ones uncomfortable. So they have to learn to manage that versus look at the person who can't control what's going on and say, if you could just knock that crap off, it would be really helpful. Right. One of my favorite cartoon characters, we talked about how I like Rick and Morty, inappropriate cartoon. Another inappropriate cartoon I like is Archer. The, the main character, Archer, is afraid of alligators and crocodiles. And then, you know, it's well-established. They talk about his fear of alligators and crocodiles. And then you find out later in the series that his number one fear is not alligators or crocodiles. It's aneurysms because they can happen at any time. Uh, and everyone's like, why are you afraid? He's like, because it can happen at any time. Mm -hmm. And uh, like telling someone to not be afraid of a medical issue uh, is just unhelpful. It's It's lacking in empathy because... Um, you can't just tell someone with a broken leg to walk it off because the thing that they would walk with isn't working. You know, and this comes into some this this concept that we haven't done a lot of communication about, but I uh, see a lot is this idea of just bypassing. When we can't handle something, we want to bypass it. And we want to say, like Taylor just mentioned, just walk it off or, you know, just just go rest. You'll feel better. Or just go, you know, are you taking your pills? Did you take all your pills? Because if you took all your pills, maybe you'll be better. Or you need to get out more. These are all bypassing comments. Where what we're trying to do is solve a problem that may not have a solution. And, and we'll go ahead, Amy. I was going to say, or, I mean, the whole thing of bypassing is let's avoid it right? Let's, let's just get past this topic and get onto the new one because this one's making us feel very uncomfortable. And that's what I was going to say is often it's the person trying to offer the solution. Uh, a, we want to be helpful, uh, but also B, we're uncomfortable with someone else's discomfort. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times someone with a chronic medical issue will have um, a unique medical issue that we don't hear about a lot. And people are trying to be helpful, but you have just learned that this thing exists and this person has had it, like we talked about, a minimum of six months. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you just found out about it in the last 10 seconds, um, I promise that that thing uh, that you use for a cold or a sore throat, um, they already know about it because mm -hmm. you don't live every moment of your life feeling terrible without looking to, into every solution. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's it's interesting, too, as you talk about that, because I think as we look at this idea of people trying to persuade or change what's going on, right? That's one of our things is, is when we see people in discomfort, there's a certain amount of, I guess, compassion, maybe even in the idea that your loved one won't feel discomfort or you will be able to somehow impact and reduce discomfort. But that also is about you that's not about the person who's experiencing the pain and so one of the things that i would recommend is in, in acknowledging mental medical issues and chronic medical issues is that as a clinician i ask them to tell me about it i very uh, i i'm not a medical expert 
so I don't know everything about every medical issues, but even the ones that I'm familiar with, I'll say, tell me what that felt like when you were diagnosed. Tell me how that impacted your daily life. Tell me how that, um, how your parents responded, your, your kids, what, what did it change about your interaction with them? What did it change about your interaction with your spouse? If that changed your, like we talked about hobbies and daily life and understanding how that impacted them allows them to talk about the impact and allows you to actually be in a place where you can offer support, not necessarily solutions. Solution isn't chronic mental issues. Unless you're a doctor who has a cure, you're not going to be able to offer a solution, but you can offer support. And those are some of the ways curiosity is a, is a huge way to step into that. When I got my diagnosis, um, that, that and my condition is incurable, uh, I actually um, knew it was coming because I had read about my condition several, a decade before. I, I can't remember where I read about it. I think it was in a National Geographic. And I was like, wow, that sounds terrible. <laughs> I moved on with my day. Uh, and so when I got my diagnosis, I was like, oh, no, is the layman's term this thing? And they're like, yes. And I was like, oh, and then, you know, I gave it a few swear words. And uh, they're like, yeah, that's appropriate. And so I, um, I called out sick to work. And uh, I went home, had a bath, uh, ate some ice cream, uh, some chocolate because in my last life I was a teenage girl <laughs> and had a good cry about it <laughs> no and I think that 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 says a lot about I mean some people are going to be like thanks for telling us about you know mental health and chronic but what do we do right and I think it is just what do you feel like you need to do and in that moment you're in crisis so do what you feel like you need your body needed some sort of relaxation some sort of reprieve it's not saying that the illness is gone. It's not saying that you will forever feel better, but it is saying like, right now I just need this. I need this type of thing to help me solve what I'm feeling for just the time being to help me feel, you know. Yeah. We'll get back to work tomorrow. Yeah. Although your boss or, at the time was like, come back today, or, but. Or not tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Um and you they might. actually didn't want me back to work the next day because they were, they didn't understand the diagnosis. They thought it was something that was contagious. <laughs> and it took a, many conversations to explain that you can't catch what I have. No, this is, he's like, I don't even want to catch what I have. No, and I, <laughs> but I think, Jen, you make a good point or maybe not tomorrow, but I usually tell people, especially when it comes to burnout, burnout is very much similar to chronic illnesses. It is a chronic illness in a lot of different ways. It can bring about it. In many professions. Yeah. I've been in burnout for over six months before. I'm just saying. Oh, we, we years, all were at that place. Years for me. <laughs> that felt um, contagious at the time. It was because um, it was other people's anxiety we were reacting to. But no, burn, I mean, when it comes to burnout, chronic illness, whatever it may be, um, give yourself a timeline, give yourself a deadline, not a deadline of I'll be over it by then, but I will, I'm going to use all the time I have up until next week in 24 hours in an hour, whatever it is you decide your adequate amount of time to give yourself that reprieve. And then don't think about it until then. Okay. Don't think it about it until then. Don't plan what you're going to do next. Maybe make it a multi-step process of, I will have this time to relax and do what I need to. And then I will give myself 24 hours to plan what I need to do next. Like give yourself a process if you need to, but give yourself the timeline because essentially this goes exactly along with Gottman's work about flooding, about that crisis response, our reptilian brain, which is like, you look at it, it's the amygdala. 
amygdala and the different things, you need to have a time for your brain to stop saying, I'm in danger, I'm in danger, I'm in danger. Okay. Women, it takes minimum 35 minutes to get from a flooded space down. And that's if you're working on it. Men, it takes 40. Sorry, but you just are. Okay. Yeah. We have a smaller corpus callosum and some other things. We're just, <laughs> you're good. So Way when we're saying size into it, yeah, size <laughs> doesn't matter. No, you can but take I think that it's, out. <laughs> it's no, we're keeping it. No, but I think one of the things with it is you need to, some people say, give me five minutes. I'm like, sorry, five it's minutes. Not is, it's not gonna, No, we tell kids to calm down all these different things, but ourselves, when it comes to this moment of crisis, you need to give yourself time. And so give yourself a deadline. If you're worried, you're going to take too much time. Cause that's the problem is that the reason we think we're going to take too much time is because we've given ourselves those moments without a deadline and without an expectation of when that needs to wrap up. And we go over time and we go into things we shouldn't. So give yourself a deadline of, I'm going to allow myself to have this time to heal and to take care of myself. And then I will reapproach this when I am more rejuvenated. And if you want to learn more about what that looks like, my favorite book of all time at this point is, um, is burnout, which is by Emily and Amelia Nagoski. Great book. You need to read it. This will show you not just when it comes to, you know, needing to take that time for yourself because of burnout, but it also, when it comes to chronic issues, this is a huge one of, you can't keep operating with this in the background and expect to actually get the, the rest and the energy you need to handle your, your situations. One of the things, oh, you were just talking about timing and I'll bring in the idea of grief Mm -hmm. around this, right? There's a lot of grief you with a new chronic issue or even an ongoing chronic issue. You might have to grieve, not only loss of ability, loss of range, lots of connection and different things, but you might have to change your work. You might have to do some of these things. These are all be grief experiences. One of the things that I try and ground people in when something new is happening in their life is early grief is three to six months. So say you've had this chronic illness for six months, and then now you're grieving it and saying it's chronic. Then you've got another three to six months of early grief. And then you go through another year of, you know, the grief process. And then you've got, you know, hopefully you're starting to feel better. So give yourself permission to know the mental health process is different than the physical health diagnosis process. And it will take some time to grieve and every loss will need to be grieved. Yeah. It took me uh, three years before I got rid of my scuba diving equipment and my skis. Uh, Cause even though I logically knew that I was never going to be able to do, oh, and my rock climbing equipment, that I was never going to be able to do any of my outdoor hobbies again uh, to like get rid of the equipment. Which I'm sure your daughters will get pissed later that you did because they're they're going to go off and do a lot of outdoor things, I think. But yeah. at the same time, know that, and not everyone has to get rid of it. Some people keep it as like, you know, hey, I've spent a lot of time with this. It's like a friend. I don't want to just get rid of it. But for you, you were like, okay, this is part of my grief process of recognizing when do I let go? Yeah, I gave it to nieces and, and nephews. And then when they're grown, find its way back to my daughters. Yeah. Well, and one of the things I'd like to mention too is, so one of the chronic med- medical issues that I've struggled with is infertility, right? This has definitely lasted longer than six months it's affected mental and emotional health for sure. Um, And I experienced the same thing. And because there were a lot of maybe something will work, right? 
You can yeah, that's a lot of things. fresh hells. Well, that that is not the word I used at the time, but it feels very validating as you say it. Um, but I think it's one of those things is, is, again, you talked about cancer and some of these other things that there are some trials or some treatments that all of that creates a mental health thing. I, I know going through different fertility treatments, it was a mentally strenuous experience. And then later when I have come to accept where it is and move forward, I still have people who will make comments about, you can keep trying, you can do more. And I'm like, it really just seems like trying to get you to sign up for experiencing another death. Well, and I think, I think for a lot of people, they're trying to hold hope for me. Yeah. And I like don't it's, need... it's about their discomfort. Like, right. I'm, you know, I wasn't, for them. I wasn't in your shoes, but I remember being there f- with you um, for uh, like, I, we worked in the same place, right? For, for a couple of those times. And that was awful. Well, and your, one of your daughters was born during one of my IVF yeah. cycles and which is and we just rubs in your face. Well, thank you. It didn't because I, I Taylor didn't exactly under. come in kicking and, you know, jumping in the air. He was yeah. also looking near death. So yeah. it's a little easier <laughs> <true>. maybe, <laughs> but, but it's very real to be going through those things. And again, because it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a medical issue that showed up in my everyday life. It wasn't like everyone looks at you and says, oh, there's something going on physically. It was, it was it wasn't very a scene chronic issue. Right. Right. Invisible illness is anyway. Yeah. Also, and it's we, statistically one of the hardest to combat because of that. Like with Jen, you're, I can't speak for you, but yeah, it's the situation of, you're also not going to go to every single person and be like, Hey, did you know? <laughs> right. It that's hard it's to not feel seen. Awful. Well, what it does is though, it, it gives you permission to say, this is a mental health thing. It's not just about, you have to decide when it's the right time for you to keep trying medical intervention. And this is for any medical thing. And when it's the right time to say, I'm going to focus on quality of life. No, I. Oh, yeah. To go back to an earlier point when we were talking about managing other people's anxiety, we were not talking about clients. (laughs) No, (laughs) we don't do that. But I think I what I really appreciate is this idea that if we can just if we can just hold space to realize that someone else's issues are not about us. And if you can't hold space for their discomfort, that's okay. You don't have to, but don't, don't push them into what makes you comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, I, one of the, you know, along with grieving, one of the hard things about a chronic medical issue that um, propels and causes, you know, depression, anxiety, sometimes PTSD, depending on how the medical treatment goes or lack of access to medical treatment is what your new normal looks like and how your support system responds to it. Um, we, I think we've made passing comments about me being a vampire. I just can't spend time in sunlight. Um, and uh, my family of origin and extended family either don't remember I can't spend time in sunlight or it took them uh, years to understand just how little light I can tolerate. Um, and so depending on the medical condition someone has, 
it will be interesting um, and often heartbreaking for the person with the condition to see how someone responds and how much they listen, believe, or log away. We've talked about um, love being how much uh, space you take up in someone's brain. Uh, so if, like if someone has celiac disease, remembering that that person uh, can't eat certain foods, um, that will be a really important measure of someone's quality of life and strength of their relationships. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to add to the reason why is because you're, instead of treating them like they're disrupting your world, you're treating them like they belong in your world. Yes. I would say my last thing I would add to this is if you are going through chronic illness, going through chronic issues, there are people who specialize in that. There are people who know not exactly how you feel, but they know a lot of the steps and the processes, um, processes, processes of, <laughs> of like Ted Lasso plan, plan. <laughs> of what you can do to help support yourself and get the support you need. Um, and so I would say definitely look into those moments of being understood by someone, look into someone who can help you with that. Um, look into a qualified mental health provider who, if you have a chronic physical ailment, you really should have a team to also address your mental health because that also has been linked that when that is not addressed, your chances of working through these things are much lower and are much more difficult for you. And it's really hard to not just give up after one or two. And mm -hmm. it is so hard to go through your story, go through the assessments and things like that and keep looking. Um, I had to go through a couple health providers before I got to one. And I had to go through a couple therapists before I got to one. Uh, so keep looking. Uh, please reach out. We'd be happy to help you look for a therapist uh, uh, to help you work with the mental health uh, that you're going through, like we've talked about before.